This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finside Radio. My name is Matt Kana. I am joined by Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. The Miami Dolphins season is coming to a close in just a few weeks. Three more games against the Giants, against the Bengals, against the Patriots. And the Miami Dolphins find themselves in a curious position looking at both something as high as the number two pick. And yes, believe it or not, looking at something as low as possibly the 10 or 12th pick in the upcoming 2020 NFL Draft. It's a weird, weird situation. It's a, an encouraging situation in some respects. But at the same time, it's a conundrum when you think about it to understand what the Dolphins were trying to do this season and then to have it end in this fashion where you're sitting on the edge of your seat, not really sure whether or not to root for the Dolphins to win or to lose. And not really sure what to think while the game is happening. I know I've had conflicted feelings throughout the season and more so over the past several weeks as the season gets closer. And as we realize that getting that number one pick is not as simple as it seems. Miami Dolphins tore down their roster and still are winning a few games and just enough games to knock themselves out of contention for that number one pick. Now, it's still possible they get there if the Bengals go on a winning streak, but that is probably doubtful. But you never know. Weirder things have happened, so we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But it just goes to show how it's and Sutton, and we're going to kind of talk about this in conjunction with the Jets game, how this coaching staff has really taken a bunch of no-name players, right, and have built them into a competitive roster where they're fighting week in and week out. And besides those first few weeks of the season, 
the Dolphins have pretty much had a fighting chance in just about every game they've played this season. And it's really just a credit to the staff, to the way the players have bought in, and to really uh, the future of this team is very promising under this coaching staff when you could take guys like this, build them into a competitive team. You can only imagine what's going to happen when they use those draft picks to hopefully select the right players and bring in free agents to supplement that as well. Howitz, what do you think, Sutton? What do you think? For me, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, we kind of sat there and kind of, you know, pretty much bought into Brian Flores as a cohesive unit when we were running down the different uh, head coaching candidates. We kind of started to look at his background. You know, the 14 years he spent there in New England, you know, started out as a scouting assistant, worked his way up. So we kind of started to see that, you know, maybe this was the right hire. But now that you see throughout this 2019 season, you know, they started out pretty bad, historically bad against, you know, those first two games of the year against uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. But since then, I mean, it's been a complete transformation and he's going out there and he's getting the most out of a team that, you know, has a lot of players that, you know, most fans on the other 31 teams, you know, they don't even know who some of these guys are. You know, Nick Needham's starting to emerge. You know, you're starting to see Ray Carl McMillan. You're starting to see these different players who, you know, might not have got the most with the last coaching staff. They're starting to show who they really are, and they're starting to go to the next level. I mean, Patrick Laird, an undrafted free agent, is now the starting running back. And I know that has a lot to do with Kalen Balazs' injury, uh, how ineffective he really was. But there are just players that are starting to emerge, and you see it every week with the Dolphins keep, continue to overturn the bottom of their roster. They're bringing in these low-risk, high-reward signings. you got a guy like Eric Rowe. I mean, he was kind of okay at corner, moved there to safety. He's starting to get, uh, you know— starting to have new life there. He's starting to shut down tight ends, something the Dolphins have struggled to do for many years. So it just has to be a testament to this coaching staff. Chad O'Shea is getting the most out of the offense. You see these receivers starting to take the next step. Isaiah Ford, I mean, he came in when no one else was ready to go out there. Parker had the injury. Albert Wilson had the injury. Isaiah Ford, a guy who's been bouncing around from the practice squad for the last few years, a guy that, you know, Sutton and I did an article on at the Finsider. Uh, both of us thought highly of this guy, but he never got his opportunity. You saw him shine this past weekend, and that's just – it's continuing to happen wherever on the roster. The only unit that really has not stepped up is the offensive line, and you hope that they can continue to do stuff there. But they have 14 draft picks. You know, it seems like they finally got the right coach in place and like you said once they get that quarterback you know they got 120 million dollars in free agency that they can spend once they build this roster the way that Brian Flores envisions with this coaching staff the sky's the limit I do think they're going to have a lot of success moving forward and as a Dolphin fan I mean it's something that you just got to be excited about because for so many years you know Joe Philbin uh Tony Sperano rest in peace you know Adam Gase they just could not get it done it finally seems like the right culture is in place and I'm excited for the future of the Miami Dolphins I think there's a couple layers to this. I mean, first of all, being able to to have a team where you have some undrafted free agents making plays. Let's just take Nick Needham as, as an example, somebody that's made some plays for this football team. So what you're doing going into next year is you're establishing depth that has game experience. And I don't think that's something that you can really replicate. So... Uh, assuming that the Dolphins organization is able to get some good draft picks onto this roster, uh, we're going to have those guys like Nick Needham and those guys that are getting experience right now backing up our, our players. And we all know how important depth is in the National Football League. So just to have that on our side is such a, a, a wonderful thing to have, assuming that we're... Uh, g- gonna keep at least half a dozen of these guys, and it's 
anybody's guess what the front office is going to do with all these guys. There's going to be certainly a lot of roster upheaval, even based on what's happened. And the main currency in the NFL is being able to develop players, whether you're drafting them or you have the reclamation projects like you mentioned earlier, how it's uh, Eric Rowe, someone like that, that you can squeeze production out of where you don't think that production exists. So being able to develop that talent, we mentioned right from the very get-go as we were analyzing Brian Flores, his scouting background, and you just have this inclination right now that he might actually have a clue how to develop talent in the national football league. And this is the guy you want running the show. This is a guy you want heavily involved in the war room. This is a guy that's basically got personnel decision control in a kind of a backward sort of way in a way where it's basically saying like, Hey, we trust you to do this. Go do it. You know, coaches come in here and, and stomp their foot down. There's going to be a story coming out on the pro football network about a coach that is going to be coming into the NFL circle. And very quickly, we just don't know how much ownership he's going to have over the decisions that are made for his football team. So that's, Always something you have to analyze with new coaches coming to teams. And Brian Flores is, has come in humbly and earned his way into being heavily involved in how this team is going to uh, project. Let me ask you this, both of you. And I'm kind of going jumping off your topic here, Sutton, but it's just been bothering me since you both started talking and I wanted to interrupt you but I was being nice because I'm a nice guy. What were your thoughts when that pass interference call was called after the replay and then the Jets went on to win the game? Like, what were you thinking? Because I was sitting there, and, like, for half a second, I was like, cool, the Dolphins won. Great. They swept Adam Gase. And then when it got overturned, I'm like, eh, whatever. I mean, ultimately, long-term, right? Long-term of this franchise – the best bet is for the Dolphins to lose as much as possible this year. I hate to say it, but it is. If you really sit down and take out your emotions, it is the best thing for the Dolphins in terms of draft capital. Now you could say, yes, you need to establish a culture and all that. So I guess in a sense, losing a game like this is probably the best way to lose, right? Getting screwed by refs, losing at the last few seconds <laughs> when you know you should have won the game. It's true. Uh, it's just uh, such a conflicting feeling. It's a good point. I mean, at this point, we have three wins. We're getting ready to play the Giants, see if they can knock us off. They almost knocked off Philadelphia on Monday Night Football. Then we turn around and play the Bengals. So there's certainly some weird draft position scenarios to play out still, I think. And for the crowd that just says, well, it doesn't really matter where you pick, the NFL is a business, okay? This is – when you have a better draft order, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get the better player, but it means that you have leverage in business negotiations. So it does have some relevance where we finish at the end of the year. And – I think that was a really great point. I didn't even think about it that way, Kanata. But 
to say, hey, we lost that game to the Jets in a game where Devontae Parker went out early with a concussion, Albert Wilson was out, Ryan Fitzpatrick was definitely not the Ryan Fitzpatrick we saw the week before against Philadelphia. Man, that Philadelphia game, just real quick, that was like that Ryan Tannehill game against Denver back in, I think it was like 2013, where both teams were in the 30s, and it was an offensive kind of shootout. We don't have that many games like that, so they kind of stick out. So that Philadelphia game, you saw Ryan Fitzpatrick play that way and then come in and play that way against the Jets. And you give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt with the wide receivers being out. So we got to see some good Dolphins football. But on the flip side, we get better draft position. I think that's a win-win to me. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting that you brought up that Eagles game because for me, living up here in central Pennsylvania, you know, most of my family, they are Eagles fans. So I kept telling them, you know, there was no chance the Dolphins were going to beat them. And it kind of seemed to work to my advantage. I'm kind of glad they went out there and, you know, they they handed the Eagles a pretty, you know, significant loss. I don't know whether or not the Eagles are going to make the playoffs, whether they'll win the NFC East. But to see the Miami Dolphins go out there and beat a team, you know, that's going to be bragging rights come Christmas time. I will absolutely be wearing my ugly Dolphins uh, Christmas sweater. I'm going to be rubbing it in everyone's face because the Dolphins went out there and whether the Eagles make the playoffs, you know, they were former Super Bowl champs, whatever it is, the Dolphins went out there and handed them their ass. Uh, as for how I feel about the draft position, I mean, I was sitting there and I'm kind of numb to the whole experience. I don't know if maybe it's Tua's injury or, or, you know, what factored into that, but I don't know that I was rooting for or against that pass interference. I was a little upset that it was called. I was a little upset that it was overturned because we've all watched football all year long, and those same calls have not been, you know, uh, teams have been their, their games have been ruined by that exact same call, and you see it happen with the Dolphins here. And the other game, you know, they don't call that. They don't go there and overturn it. It was not even something that was being, you know, looked at on the field. It came in from New York. It came in after the New York Jets started to complain on the sideline. So a little bit of that, it was frustrating. But again, in hindsight, you look at what it does for the Dolphins draft position. You mentioned at the top of the show, they could have as worst as a 10th. You know, they could have a top 10 pick, and they could be drafting 9 or 10. And that is not what you expected at the beginning of this year. That's a testament to what Brian Flores and his coach staff has done but for me personally you know it started out with you have to lose you have to get one of those top picks you have to get to a tongue of Iloa if that was the guy that you coveted now I'm starting to think you know where in that top five or top 10 is he worth that value because he has that hip injury uh personally you know there's all sorts of great players that the Dolphins have a chance to get AJ Epinesa you know Chase Young people still have that pipe dream wherever it might be but for me, I'd much rather have the Dolphins pick at four or five, knowing that Tua and that value that he could have there, than if they have that second pick. Because at that point, do you use the second overall pick on a Tua Tungavailoa? I love the guy. And coming off a hip injury, you know, I don't know that you pull the trigger there, too. But if you pick there at five or six, I feel a lot better about that. I do think if that is the apple of Dolphins' eyes, that is the quarterback that they've wanted. You know, I, I think Rich Eisen said two years ago he was hearing at the combine the Dolphins had interest. If he checks out medically – you pull the trigger with that first pick, and you don't think twice because whether he plays in 2020, you redshirt him like we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, Tua Tonga-Vailo is the quarterback. If he was the guy that they thought could run this offense better than any other quarterback in this draft, you pull the trigger there, and you don't think twice. Speaking of Tua Tagovailoa, you want to hear something? Yes, please. Okay. So I've been uh, checking into my sources the past few days on this. We've all heard the Tom Brady rumors, right? We've all heard 
Tom Brady coming to Miami, drafting Tua, this and that. And I have I've been uh, talking to three different sources on this one, and uh, two of them said the same thing. Well, two of them did not say the same thing. Here's what one said: one was from uh, the New England area, and he said through a middleman. So I didn't talk to him directly, but through a middleman, he said that the plan is for the Dolphins to sign Tom Brady, draft Tua. Let Tua sit behind Brady for a year, heal, recovery, learn the system, and let Brady play one year in Miami. Another source in Miami, when I asked him about this, when I said PFN365, asked him about this, Pro Football Network, he said he, he didn't shoot it down. He didn't give it an encouraging thumbs up. It was more like, hey, you never know what could happen, right? But he didn't shoot it down. And then I talked to another source this morning, which is Thursday morning as we record this. And I was told that there is no truth to Brady coming to Miami. So where is the truth? Where is not the truth? You know, you got one guy saying it's happening, another guy saying never know, and another guy saying no. Now, uh, the, the person I talked to this morning was a middleman, so I'm not talking directly to the source. But apparently they have been right on with their information in the past and my middleman trusts him very much. So that's where we stand on that right now. Um, we'll see how that all plays out where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, it could be a possibility and it could be a situation where Brady just doesn't do it. Or maybe he decides to retire. Who knows what he will do. But I also heard about Tua Tagovailoa and I had started a thread on this uh, a few weeks ago about how maybe Tua is not to target I had received a DM right after that and told me I was dead wrong. I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm dead wrong. And then I received uh, another DM today, actually, on Thursday. Excuse me. And I received a DM on Thursday. And that said that the Dolphins' plan is to still draft Tua Tagovailoa, barring zero setbacks. Now, the big question now is where do you draft him? you draft him with that third, fourth, or fifth pick? Or do you take the chance to pick up a, um, let's say, Probably not a pass rusher because Chase Young is going to be gone. But do you draft a Jeffrey Okuda or do you draft a Joe Thomas, the left, not Joe Thomas, um, Andrew Thomas, the left tackle from Georgia? Or do you go, uh, you know, a pass rusher, which is, you know, you could say A.J. Epineza, but Tony Pauling the Pro Football Network says that he's probably returning to school. Then you have that great performance and Tony Pauling said Wimby's not returning to school. But there's really no other pass rusher to consider there. So, you know, we'll see where it all plays out. But. It could be a situation where the Dolphins take that chance, draft someone at that number three, four, or five spot, then trade up for Tua. That'd be kind of crazy. But it sounds like the plan right now is to draft Tua, barring zero setbacks, and we'll kind of see how it goes from here. But really, teams are not going to get a good look at Tua and his injury until probably the April checkups at their own facilities and during his pro day and all that. Crazy world. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. My biggest question about Tom Brady, and maybe you can answer this, is what happens 
uh, why not Ryan Fitzpatrick? You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's contracts uh, would be a lot, you know, easier on the cap than uh, Tom Brady's would. And he seems to be, you know, that leader in the locker room. He seemed to be the perfect guy to kind of mentor a Tua or, or whoever the rookie is that they draft. So what is going on with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because, I mean, there's the potential that he even retires at the end of the season. So have you heard anything about that? And why would the Dolphins go after a Tom Brady over Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's be honest, 2019 Tom Brady is not the same Tom Brady as we've seen in the past. And I'd go as far as saying, you know, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick is more, uh, you know, a, a bigger factor for his team than, you know, what Tom Brady's doing up there in New England, as crazy as that might sound. Well, I think it's a great point because I don't think it can be both ways. We can't say he's going to come down here and have a chip on his shoulder and want to disprove the Patriots for releasing him and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, come down here and be a mentor and actually want to mentor somebody. He's going to come down here and want to win and do all that kind of Tom Brady stuff, blah, blah, blah. I can't even believe I'm talking about him being on the Miami Dolphins football team, but it doesn't make any sense to me. It, it It's too diametrically opposite right now the motivation so what's his motivation if it's come coming down a mentor we already have one we don't need one if it's coming down with the chip on the shoulder thing well it depends how the board falls and whether we draft two and stuff so there's certainly a lot of contingencies with that plan and just to piggyback well, on that, uh, when did he mentor? You know, Jimmy Garoppolo was his predecessor and ended up trading him away because reports said that he wasn't willing to mentor him. So why would you bring a guy like that down here to mentor a guy when you traded away what seems to be in San Francisco a franchise quarterback because he would not mentor, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo? So it's just crazy to me. And to keep hearing, you know, maybe Tom Brady will have a chip on his shoulder. He's Tom freaking Brady. You know, we hate him as much as anyone but it's Tom Brady. He has nothing to prove. Him coming down here with a chip on his shoulder, I just don't see it because, again, it's Tom Brady. If anything, he's coming down here with his butt chin and he's going to retire. I, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. He's going to come down here and like get revenge against the Patriots on our watch. And he'll come down here and go like five for 32 in every single game and get sacked like eight times every game and it'll completely backfire. Do you think he would take that chance? I don't see it. Listen, Tom Brady still got some left in the tank. Let's not. He does not. Don't even lie to you. Listen, he has a terrible offensive line right now. It'd be even worse in Miami, right? It'd be even worse down here. (laughs) He has, he has no offensive line. He has no receivers. He'd come to Miami and ball the hell out. How? Warm wet, warm weather. He throwing to Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Albert Wilson, and probably one from the draft, Mike Kaziki. He's totally, he's totally all, shown the sign. No, of being no, 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 no. You draft Andrew Thomas, right? You draft, you trade up and draft Tua. You got your left tackle. You got, you know, whatever else is on the line. You get some free agents in there. Your receiving core and tight end group is way better than that of New England. He could, he could win ten games. I don't think he win a Super Bowl in Miami. He could definitely win ten games in Miami. I don't think that's unrealistic yeah, at all. Yeah, what's the what's the point of that? What's the point of bringing someone what do you like mean, Tom Brady? What's the point of it? What's the point because of bringing Tom Brady down to win? No, stop games. talking. Stop talking. Why not? Because if you're drafting Tua, you need to let him sit for a year and learn the system. 
Well, you just, you just argued draft order earlier. So why would you no, want to win I two games when we can win six? I argued draft order this year. I argued draft order this year. Okay, so say we can win six games with a lesser quarterback, have why? a better why draft would you, position. Why would you want to win six games next year? Why would Why would you want to win ten games with Tom Brady and not? not win a Super Bowl? So, so is he an upgrade? That's what I want to know. Is he that significant of an yes, upgrade over what we've seen from Ryan? I don't see it. I don't see it this year. I don't see it this year. Come on. He's not an upgrade from Ryan Fitzpatrick oh, right yes, now. They're just not. He's more handsome. He's more handsome. You're telling me that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback than Tom Brady this year. I'm saying it's not that far off. It's not $15, $20 million. It's not – it's not fifteen or twenty million dollars significant. Like that, that to me is what I see. I see a guy that can mentor Tua better than Tom okay. Brady if reports are true. Okay, it's not no worth interest. sacrificing the pride that it would hurt me if Tom Brady came down Miami. This is the first time in three years where there's actually been debate on here. This is this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over are Tom freaking Brady. I like Neville Hewitt. Will you are buy you a Tom Brady going... jersey? Will you buy a Tom Brady jersey if he comes down to Miami? I don't buy anyone's jersey. I don't buy you... anyone's jerseys anymore. You will buy a Tom Brady jersey. It sounds to me like you will buy a Tom Brady jersey. I have I have respect for Tom Brady and all that he's done throughout his career. You I think... called you called him a system quarterback the last time we talked about Tom Brady. Do you remember that? Yeah, he is, yeah, he is a system quarterback. Which is and exact it fits why. with my theory. It fits with my theory that Kanata just says stuff to piss people off. And there is absolutely nothing <laughs> wrong with being a system quarterback. If that is a system you are put in and you excel at it to the highest level, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Does system, a system still, quarterback yeah. is not a negative term. Okay, does, does Tom Brady still have zip on his passes, Matthew? No. Uh, no, no, not as much as he used to. He's got a Linguini yeah. arm. He's got the Chad Pennington arm. He's got Chad Pennington's arm. Did Peyton Manning have any any zip on his arm when he won the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, but he outsmarted oh, Neither did Trent Dilfer and blah, 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 blah. I don't want Tom Brady anywhere near this football team. I don't think it makes any sense. Why doesn't it make sense? Because if especially if he's going to – ask for financial implications to come on man we're not gonna have you come down here and basically just bang Giselle on the beach to come down win 10 games and what 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 does that do for us we're gonna pay him a, a ton of money to do that to a division rival that's been screwing us anally for a really long time trust me I, I don't want any part of that okay that's not my scene if, see if. okay can can if, I just say? No, go ahead. You I'm if, getting it. I'm if, on your side. If, okay, go on my side. Yeah, talk. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna get people real pissed off because I'm saying if Tom Brady does come down here, and the biggest thing to me is if he didn't want to mentor Jimmy Garoppolo, which that's all rumors. No he one really He didn't want to mentor Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo was trying to take a starting job when Tom Brady was still playing at a high level. Oh, uh, so Tua's corpse can't do that. So he'll be okay down here. Is what you're saying? Either Tom way, Brady know, Tom Brady knows <laughs> this is his swan song. If Tom Brady and his fettuccine arm comes to Miami, they should unretire <laughs> Bob Greasy's jersey and give it to him. That, that was my hot take. <laughs> give him Bob Greasy's jersey. Give they him Bob Greasy's jersey. They absolutely should. Oh, my God. They absolutely you guys are should. awful. 
Absolutely. I don't want to see him down here. I, I don't see that significant of a difference between 2019 Brady and 2019 Fitzpatrick, other than he's more handsome and, uh, you know, maybe he has a slightly better arm. You got Fitzpatrick's beard. But if he comes down to Miami, give him Bob Greasy's jersey number and watch the world burn. Uh, I'm all here for that. that. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Anyways, where were we? I'm all for Tom Brady coming down to Miami. Oh, just get over yourself. I am all <laughs> for it. I, I was told by a source that I could write in Sharpie as of like two weeks ago that Ryan Fitzpatrick will not be the Dolphins starter come 2020. And is that because he's retiring? He could be. I, and that's why the Brady talk is starting up. Who knows? He wants to go eat some cake again. I, I got nothing to say to that. I mean, if, if that's the case, if they get rid of Fitzpatrick, then that kind of ruins my argument. And then if Tom Brady is what you want in a veteran quarterback, he wants to play down yeah. here. You have the cap space. I, I'm not against it as much as other people may be, but I just did not see that big of a difference between him and Fitzpatrick. And if you're telling me Fitzpatrick's, he, he's going to be gone, then... Let's go, Tom Brady, unretire that number 12. Well, if that's the case, I will say that I think that's a Ryan Fitzpatrick decision. Like, he wants to step away from football. It's not an organizational decision. I just don't Let's... see – go ahead. No, you finish. Yeah, well, you know, Tom Brady can go ahead and do some perineum, butthole, sun tanning, whatever the new fad is, and take his – Ginkgo biloba supplements, but I don't think going into next year he's going to be that much better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick has way more of a expertise in mentoring people considering how many different football teams and how many different organizations he's been a backup quarterback in. If you're going to tell me you want somebody in a mentoring role – I don't see anybody better in the National Football League than Ryan Fitzpatrick for a rookie quarterback. Tom Brady can kiss my perineum. Why do you got to use big words, sign? Come on. Kanata, would you do that sunbathing thing with Tom Brady? Where you? (laughs) (laughs) If he comes to Miami, could you please do that on the beach with him? Please do it on a grassy hillside with the sun just shining down on you guys. That'll be your header for eternity. Just you exclusive interview with Tom Brady. Just sun rain in your butthole. Is this fourth and inches or is this been cider radio? It's been a while since we did one. Who knows anymore? I, I don't. Yeah, it has been a while, which reminds me. Happy holidays to everybody. We've been on a, a holiday break. So happy holidays. Whatever happened to uh, Mike from fourth and inches, by the way? He has not been on Twitter in like a month. I hope he's okay. Like, seriously, is he alive still? I honestly don't think anybody knows, but we all like, love him. What's, and his, what's, back. What's, what's his last name? Does anybody know? Uh, it probably starts with an S, but I... No one knows. Wow. Okay. Well, thoughts and prayers to Mike. RIP, Mike. We love you. This show just got really sad. Yeah. Well, we go, we're podcast, so. <laughs> we go from sunray and buttholes to people people 
disappear. <laughs> People possibly being dead. All right. Um, all right. So the Dolphins got the Giants on Sunday. Um, the uh, Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald actually made a really good point, and I want to get your thoughts on this before we wrap up the show. Nice debate, by the way. Um, I won, obviously. But Adam Beasley <laughs> wrote, wrote a nice article, and, and in the article, it brought up some good points, right? He said it's in the best interest for the Dolphins to actually win on Sunday. And that makes you kind of think, it's like, what? What are you talking about? But then you read the article, it's like, if the Dolphins win on Sunday, then let's say whatever happens, happens the rest of the time, you know? But if the Dolphins win on Sunday and the Giants, let's say, lose the remaining two games, the Giants would have a much better track to the first pick in the draft, which would then make it easier for the Dolphins to move up to that number one spot. Because the Giants, more than likely, even if they fire Pat Shermer, which there are plenty of rumors swirling around that they will, they probably are not going to move on from Daniel Jones again. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But at least it becomes an easier path for Miami to get there rather than, say, a Cincinnati getting there. And, you know, they're not going to trade out because they're going to take Joe Burrow. So uh, should we be rooting for the Dolphins to win on Sunday with the chance that the Giants get the number one pick because it's still not guaranteed? Or should we just kind of sit there and be like, whatever, if they, if they lose, they lose. If they win, they win. And if they lose, you know, if they lose out, they probably won't lose to the Bengals. But if they lose out, they'll be like the number two or three pick. If, if they win against the Giants on Sunday, they could drop down a bit. And you really got to hope that the Giants hold that number one pick. But I thought it was a very interesting point to kind of look at it that way and see, you know, okay, let's think future now. And the Dolphins obviously have way more draft capital than everybody. And would they actually use Xavier Howard as a trading chip as well? All that sunk into one. What are your thoughts, guys? I mean, I, I'm I'm sold on Tua Tungavailoa. I know the injury that he has sustained. I know where he could fall in the draft. But if you have a chance to get Joe Burrow, and we heard at the beginning of the year the Dolphins were going to do whatever it takes to get the best quarterback in the 2020 draft, to me, I, all my Tua homer aside, that's Joe Burrow. I mean, look at what he's done. I mean, no one in the history of college football has transformed from that one season to what he's done this year. He's the Heisman Trophy winner without a doubt. I mean, his pocket presence. You see so much Tony Romo in him. He he would be a perfect fit in Miami's offense. So for me, uh, you know, he's kind of already etched in stone there in Cincinnati. I made jokes that, you know, they're already printing his jerseys as we speak. But if the Dolphins have any hope in the world of getting that quarterback to get the best quarterback in the 2020 draft – you got to hope for a win this week. If the, if the Giants get that pick, you do whatever you can to move up to that. I don't know that I'd give up Xavier Howard because you made it very aware that he is a cornerstone in that defense. You gave him that big contract, which really doesn't look terrible anymore compared to you know some of these contracts that will soon follow. So I don't know that I'd give him up, but you got an extra pick next season. You got two other first round picks. If you have a chance at Joe Burrow, and I think that there's without a shadow of a doubt that is the guy the Bengals are going after. If you have any chance to trade up there. You hope for the Giants to lose out. You hope they get that number one overall pick, and then you move up and do whatever it takes to get him. Because, again, as much as we like Tua, as much as a lot of us love Tua, Tua's coming off a, a significant injury. He's had many injuries throughout college. Joe Burrow, man, if you have a chance to get him, you do what you can. You move up for that quarterback. Again, beginning of the year, they said they'd get the best quarterback in the class. That's Joe Burrow, in my opinion. So I'll probably – let me play devil's advocate then. <clears throat> So, I think, A, let, let me just give you my context of how I approach the draft. I think drafting players is a lot of luck. 
And the reason for that is because they're human beings that we're trying to project into the future and what they're going to handle, not handle, what they're going to be able to respond to, not respond to. So I think that leaves a lot of vulnerability with any team that drafts any player, no matter how many of their fourth grade football coaches that you talk to, you still are not fully aware of how they're going to handle coming into large sums of money and being able to maintain the motivation that they've had for most of their life playing football. So I think there's a lot of luck that goes into drafting players. So I approach the draft as in, are we making the best business decisions possible? Are we trading down and getting good value? Are we trading up and getting good value? So that's how I'm going to evaluate. That's how I'm going to evaluate the Dolphins draft because I think we can all agree that it's going to take several years, even after we see who they draft in Las Vegas in 2020. It's going to take us several years for us to actually know their place in the NFL and whether they belong or not. So um, I, I can't say I'm going to be completely wrapped up in how the Dolphins finished with the draft order. With the caveat being it would be cool to have the number one draft pick just for everybody that's going to Vegas for the draft. But I don't. I'm not terribly concerned with with Cincinnati drafting Joe Burrow number one, because we've seen plenty of history to suggest that uh, the number one quarterback isn't going to be the best quarterback. The number one running back isn't going to be the best running back. And uh, I I think there's enough doubt that uh, we should not be that concerned about draft order. And, you know, we we talked a lot about Tua, but, isn't it still possible that he ends up going back to school? I know it sounds crazy, but he still has a decision to make, right? And we know one person that already made their decision was Jordan Love. I mean, that's a quarterback that, you know, you hear the similarities to Patrick Mahomes. You tweeted about yesterday, Matt, you know, Marvin Allen drafted Patrick Mahomes. He also drafted Josh Allen. And a lot of people think that, you know, Jordan Love's skill set is similar to those two guys. I mean, He's a guy that could definitely, you know, start to make some noise if he goes out there and performs well at the Senior Bowl. He's a guy that definitely needs time to sit. But Jordan Love, I mean, I think the potential for him to be the Dolphins quarterback, we know they scouted him. He, he's definitely an intriguing prospect, and I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I think Sutton hit the nail on the head. I mean, I don't think they're going to get Joe Burrow, but who really cares? Because they've done their due diligence on this class, so they have to know that whether it's Tua, you know, whether it's Justin Herbert is as – Many people would absolutely hate that pick, and and part of me kind of wants to see it be Justin Herbert because the world will burn if Justin Herbert is drafted <laughs> by the Miami Dolphins. I mean, there's no pick that the Dolphins fan base wants to see any less than Justin Herbert in a Dolphins uniform. So part of me kind of wants to see that. I like the player. I'm not sure he's a good fit for Miami, but there, there's plenty of quarterbacks that are going to be coming out in this class that you hope that the Dolphins, with Reggie McKenzie, with Chris Greer, uh, with Marvin Allen, you hope they have those guys in place that they have more than just Tua Tungavailoa on their draft board. So we'll see how it shapes up. I don't think anyone can even predict right now how it's going to play out because Tua, I mean, he could honestly go back to school and that throws a monkey wrench in everyone's original thought process, in my opinion. It's going to be a fun offseason as the Dolphins wrap up this season. As we talked about, it's going to be a hell of a ride considering the Dolphins have so much draft capital and so much money in free agency to kind of see where this team goes from here. It's going to be a lot of fun being a Dolphins fan this offseason. I can't wait. 
Any last thoughts before we wrap up the show? How's the sign? Guys, just everybody be safe during the holidays. Uh, right before Thanksgiving, I was in a car accident. So please, everybody, just be safe traveling everywhere. And uh, also want to give a shout-out to everybody at thefinsider.com. Uh, unfortunately, and I love everyone, this is one of my last podcasts with Finsider Radio. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody that's been a part of this process with me. Anybody that's part of the Finsider community, thank you for uh, interacting with my work and just new chapter in my life. And I will see you guys around definitely. Why are you leaving the podcast, son? Well, you know, we have this little baby called the Pro Football Network, and I need to. Ah. To devote some more time to that, and I also have lots of lots of children who are doing lots and lots and lots of things these days, and uh, unfortunately, it's a kind of a time constraint. You have like 97 children. Yeah, it's uh, I'm like that old mother Hubbard. Remember that nursery rhyme? And there's like nothing in the cupboard, and there's cobwebs everywhere, and it's all my fault. Okay. All right. Great, son. All right. How's anything else from you? I, I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> I, I hope the Dolphins. I hope, I hope the Dolphins win on Sunday. I, I'm going to be heartbroken when when Sutton leaves and you know Kanata, whatever you decide to do. I mean, it's going to be a new chapter in Finnsider history. And you know, it's been great doing this podcast together, but. Yeah, I don't know how to follow that up. I, I thank you guys for listening you're, to you're us. You're going to have us on like every other week. And oh, it'll be every no. week because <laughs> I, I'm not going to even know how to introduce the podcast. But, you know, it's just I, I apologize that we haven't got an episode out sooner. You know, we've all been busy with the holidays and, and different things. We just haven't been able to, to sit down and record. So I hope this podcast didn't let you down because it was kind of all over the place, to be honest. It was way all over the place, and that's just the best way to do it. That's going to do it for us here on the Finsider Radio. Dolphins got the Giants on Sunday, followed by the Bengals, then the Patriots to close out their season. Enjoy the last three weeks of the season. We all know how long the offseason is. We all can't wait for the season to begin, so enjoy it. Drink lots of beer, drink lots of water, drink lots of apple cider, whatever you decide to do on Sundays, but enjoy it. That's the main thing. For Aaron Sutton and Joshua House, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Oh
Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins. 